gentlemen, welcome to episode 127 of the MTB podcast, presented and hosted by Worldwide Cyclery. I am Jared. I am Jeff. And I am Liam. In this episode, we are going to discuss the most popular mountain bike products of 2023. Shipped out over a quarter million products in 23, Ooh, so we got some good data. We got wow. some good data on what was popular and what wasn't. Yep. And uh, my take on the bicycle industry in 2023, it's been it's been in the media a lot. Well, industry media, it's not real. I don't yeah. think the mainstream media is really <laughs> not covering your news. <laughs> yeah, caring about what's happening in the bike industry, but people in the bike industry are. So I'm going to talk about that. Uh, just a good question about could the bike industry have avoided this kind of, uh, what did I write down here? Avoided this poop show, poop show that it's in right now. That's a nice mm. way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. thank you. I thought so PG. too. Yeah. And then uh, listener questions ranging from stem length. What? Because you're <laughs> typing it right now, Jared. <laughs> um, from stem length to the Revel Rail 27.5 and what kind of workouts and fitness routines you can count oh, on yeah. to improve your mountain bike fitness. That's nice. nicely done. Thanks. Nice save. Thanks. Nice save. See, I tell you, we could wing these things every time, but you don't believe me. We could do it. I want to totally wing it, but there will be some. <laughs> there will be some good information about fitness and, will and be. training and that sort of thing. That which, part is certain. That part is certain, mm-hmm. which is good because that's front of mind coming into a new year. It for is most people. It oh, is yeah, absolutely big resolution, guys. Big oh, resolution, yeah. guys. How about you? Are you going to be in big shape this year? What's what's your big shape? Yeah, big shape, I mean, small shape, big shape. Round, rounds a shape. Yeah, rounds a shape. What do you got? No, I'm trying <laughs> to definitely get in better shape. I think everybody comes into new year wanting to improve themselves in one way or another, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's definitely on my list of things, you know. It's on your radar? Yeah. It's on radar. you, Willie? Liam's perfect. He's got nothing to work on. <laughs> I'm not perfect, but I don't really set, like, New Year's resolutions. Like, New Year, new me. I just, like, want a consistent, like, lifestyle and, like, do it forever. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm just working on getting in a little bit quicker shape mm-hmm. right now. You know what uh, James Cleave says? Systems, not goals, right? Systems create outcomes, not goals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, systems consistently executed. Right. Yeah. You can't just have them. Yeah. You can actually have yeah, to. You can't just write the system <laughs> down. You actually have to do it. I guess you got to do it. I thought you didn't like his book. Atomic Habits. Habits. It came off to me a little like. Pompous. A little pompous. A little yeah. kind of like holier than thou. Yeah. You know, I went to Yale and you should do this. Like, yeah, no. Dude. <laughs> You should wake up and at three and do your cold plunge and then go work out and Atomic do your journal. He's, he's and... not that. He's not that far. Yeah, I, I know. I, just, I know what no. you mean, but he's definitely not. I I respect James Clear a lot more than I respect some of those random people who For are sure. like yeah. get up at six a.m. Do this cold plunges. Blah, like you know that's definitely yeah. a thing. And he's not. He's he's a little bit more on the intellectual side of it. For I sure, he's a little more rational about it. Hundred percent. Yeah. Don't get me but, wrong. He has a lot of good points. A lot of good points. But you know, it's like. I, at one point, it was just like, don't do this, do this, don't do this, do this. It was like, oh, duh. <laughs> Never thought of that before. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. You know. It's better than, <laughs> it's better than Ritual's book. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I would I would probably Finding agree Ultra. with that. Yeah. Hmm. I didn't read that it one because it was a vegan. Uh, it was mediocre. Yeah. Um, was sales okay. pitch. Sales pitch. Vegan sales pitch. Yeah. 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 That's bummer because it seems like Ritual's yeah. got a lot more to say than that. Yeah, his podcast is much better than that. But it, it, yeah, well, speaking of top that, things of 2023. Yeah. Atomic Habits was the number one selling book and number one audible book. Yeah. <laughs> just bashing. <laughs> no, I guess it was a fine book, but I mean, some people, some, some sure people don't it. like it. Yeah. Some people don't like some yeah, people. Yeah. You're entitled to opinion, even if it's wrong. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
we're going to start out with a couple quick segments. Instead of Zach's words of wisdom, because Jared didn't want to bug Zach today since he's out of town. Yeah, he's, you know, he's not here. Yeah. We've got McCluskey's words of wisdom. Mm-hmm. McCluskey is here watching the podcast being recorded. He runs our store in Pennsylvania. He's a general manager. If you didn't know, Worldwide Cyclers got a store in Southern California, Reno, Nevada, and in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Also, we can ship things to you faster. And so you don't complain when it takes three days rather than two days and compare us to Amazon. Yeah. You don't quite have the infrastructure that Amazon has. Not yet. But one of these days when Daddy Bezos acquires us, we will. And then sometimes we ship too fast and we couldn't change your order from having a mistake (laughs) that you ordered. So there's no winning. (laughs) Well, McCluskey's words of wisdom. Well, he's going to join us later in the podcast for a couple listener questions. But the words of wisdom he had off the cuff were pretty good. Why don't you read them, Jared? Off the cuff, words of wisdom. If you see a hole, don't put your finger in it. That's some really life practical, really, yeah, just real life practical wisdom. If you see a hole, don't put your finger in it. My favorite part is that it doesn't really go any further. Yeah. It doesn't say don't put your toe in it. No. You could fill in the blank. You I could mean, fill in anything the blank. could happen yeah. if you put your hole, if you put your, <laughs> hole, put your yeah. finger in a hole, anything could happen. All right. Usually not good things. Daniel's fun fact. <laughs> this is a good one. An ostrich's eye is bigger than its brain. And I think I also saw a thing where they have like the biggest eyes of, of any animal. So hmm. I could be wrong though. I think I have big eyes though. Oh. If you've seen an ostrich. Maybe a so land one of those animal. interesting. Yeah, facts. probably land. Because I've seen some pretty big fish eyes. Yeah. And ostrich's heads aren't that big. Yeah, small, small head, probably has a small brain. Small head, head, small brain, big eyes. I think this Mm -hmm. had the diameter of the eyes, like five centimeters. It's like huge. Hmm. Yeah. I've seen fish eyes that are like. Yeah. Like on Survivor? Probably not the biggest eye. Remember that? Bigger than his brain. The guy took a bite out of his huge fish eye. It was disgusting. Hmm. You love Survivor, don't you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we just watched you. I asked asked you if uh, you'd fire me if I went on it. And you said, who's going to do all your work? So, no, you can't go on it. I think it would be worth it. It'd be uh, a great wouldn't you have to WC. take a six-month sabbatical or something much, if you got yeah. onto that show? I don't know the exact time. When they shortened it now, it's only, what, 20? Uh, 28 days. 28 days. It's uh, like under 30 days. Maybe, maybe 30 before, 30 yeah. after. So we're talking 90 days, dude. And think about the plug. That's he cool. would go out there and be like, I'm here from Worldwide Cycle. Oh, yeah, they're going to let <laughs> him know that? Like, whoa, what's that? Look it up. And then business would skyrocket. Yeah. Skyrocket. That's exactly yeah. how it would work. Yeah. yeah. No, I, on, to be honest, I think I dislocate a shoulder in like the first challenge. Yeah, I'm just yeah. not. I'm just not that like mobile anymore. Getting yeah. frail. Oh, yeah, wow. it's getting frail. Yeah. Speaking of getting frail. Speaking of frail, the bicycle industry. Oh, ouch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, we covered it a few times on the podcast. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So I'll just give you guys a recap. A friend of mine asked me a question. He said, hey, do you think the bicycle industry could have avoided this current poop show that it's in? And, uh, well, let me just preface this with what happened was during the peak pandemic years, the bicycle industry, like some other industries, boomed. Sales went through the absolute roof. Everybody wanted to ride bikes more and buy a bike and upgrade their bike and upgrade their parts. And they're working from home. They weren't taking long vacations. So... Everybody, whether they were, you know, very entry level or first timers or occasional weekend warriors or frequent riders, they just all rode more and bought more. Mm -hmm. So the industry just absolutely boomed. And oddly enough, that held on for two years, like 18 months, 20 months until it started to show any signs of fading. It held on so long that... 
the vast majority of the people in the industry, the decision makers, i.e., you know, the CEOs of bike brands, bike component brands, retailers, um, had to do their forecasting and all of that. And most people over forecasted. They didn't, it seemed like it was going to last forever, seemed pretty durable, turned out not to be. Um, coming into winter of last winter, so basically a year ago, the off season, so coming into December of 2022, it started to really slow down. And then 2023 was a pretty a pretty rough year for the industry because most everyone had way too much product, way too much supply, and the demand totally waned and went back down to 2019 levels or worse. Um, I don't think the industry could have necessarily avoided it. You know, it's it's an unfortunate situation. It's not the end of the world, but business is hard. It's a challenging game. And I don't think that, um, I don't think anyone was just blatantly stupid or wrong or like didn't know what they were doing. It's just, it's just hard. You know, if you're in those positions and you have to do that forecasting and you see the, the demand that it is and you don't have a crystal ball, that's part of yeah. how business is. If you, if you think, oh, the bike industry could have avoided it if they had more business sense. Well, it's like, okay, well, did you buy Amazon stock in 2001, Mr. Business Sense? <laughs> so it's, you know, it's just about predicting the future and business is hard and it's, yeah. it's not always that easy. So the industry is in a bit of a challenging spot. Um, it's different for different brands. Some are worse than others. We're fortunate to be in a pretty good spot ourselves where we just didn't really overstock too much. And I think there was a lot of uh, rightfully so forecasting on our end in 2022 that this is going to come back down at some point here, uh, which I'm really fortunate and glad that we kind of saw that writing on the wall. But not everyone's like that. There's some bike brands right now doing BOGOs. What? What? Wrap your head around that. No Buy way. one, get one free. Ooh. Shut up. Yeah, I think Kona and GT. Whoa. What? You didn't see that? Is Kona a pawn brand? No. Uh, somebody bought Kona, but it's not pawn. Like Lifetime Brands gotcha. or something. But GT else. is, yeah. right? Wow. GT's own pawn brand. Pawn now at some point. GT's yeah. pawn, yeah. Wow. But yeah, I mean, it's it's insane. There's, yeah. Why would get one free? I've heard, I haven't uh, heard that one. I've heard crazy discounts, but that one's that's wild. Yeah, I know. That one's the funniest one. I thought yeah. you heard about that. I mean, oh, I guess what's fun. better, right? Like 50% off or buy one, get one. It's, it's like, the same. You know, right? Six one half dozen <laughs> the other, right? Like, yeah. I guess yeah. I'd rather get one extra. So it's, yeah, it's a challenging spot. I mean, the other thing that what's interesting about bikes too, right, is you imagine a lot of people who bought a new bike in 2020 or 21 or even early 22, mm-hmm. you, they don't, people don't buy bikes every year or every six months. It's not something you just buy all the time. So yeah. a lot of people bought and now they're going to ride that bike for three to five years. So that puts the industry in 2023 or maybe in 2024 in a worse scenario than it was in 2019. So it's it's kind of, it went too high and now it's dipped too low and it's hopefully going to get back to sort of some level of normalcy in 24, 25, 26, who knows, but happened to a lot of industries, uh, office furniture, random cookware. Like there's a ton of industries that just utterly boomed during COVID and all ended up in the same scenario. So wow. kind of an interesting thing that just happened, you know, yeah. pandemic, pretty crazy, pretty like hard the- to navigate those waters as a business owner and an industry in general that did well. Others did, you know, if you had a restaurant or an airline business, like you're in a different boat, yeah. you went down and then, yeah, different Jeez. scenario, but yeah, pretty crazy. Do you think, do you think there's a little bit of like maybe greedy forecasting that could have been avoided though? Well, it's tough to say. I mean, I think, I think people were overly optimistic more than anything, but I also think there was people under pressure that 
they probably wouldn't have normally been in. I mean, even if you remember some of the brands we work with yeah. in 2021 and 2022, they're like, well, we're so slammed and the supply chain is all messed up. You, 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 only have, you can only place two orders this year. It's like, well, what do you mean you can only place two orders this yeah. year? Last year we placed... 30 yeah like we just placed orders you know every other week to keep inventory like you'd only place two this year so then when you, you someone says that to you it's like well what do you do yeah it's pretty hard you'd be optimistic do you roll down the middle you don't want to be under inventory you don't want to be over inventory it's just it was just a mess um nobody really got it perfectly right but yeah some a little bit more than others and that was a challenging situation but business is hard so i don't i don't uh I don't hold that fault anyone in the bike industry or in any industry that is in the same situation. Yeah. Challenging stuff. And now it is a buyer's market. So there if you, you want to buy a bike, which you. you probably don't because <laughs> you probably bought one last year <laughs> yeah. or the year before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I it's know. definitely a buyer's market now. And that's just how the pendulums swing around in the industry. Yeah. And you got to imagine like people are at these, you're talking about pressure, like people at the larger companies, like, you know, Fox factory or like, you know, they got, they got shareholders. Right. And they're like, they got to make decisions to keep those people happy. And they're like, well, what do you mean? It's, it's not going to be as busy, more product, yeah. more money. Okay. Just pump the brakes there. Yeah. Fox is, uh, in a challenging spot. It's because they're a publicly traded company. So yeah. they have a lot more pressure on them yeah. and a lot more just weird, abnormal targets that I just think are, shouldn't exist in the bike industry that are. And in yeah. addition to all that, they have a lot of, a lot of their business is OE. Mm-hmm. So when, you know, a bike brand says, Hey, yeah, we need a thousand bikes. Okay, cool. We're going to get you a thousand forks. And then they're still within their cancellation window of that PO and they go, ha, we only need 200 bikes. And they're like, well, we started making a thousand forks. Yeah. So what are we going to do with this 800? And then, you know, right. now like, that's the, every company that did that. kind though. of example and all yeah, these just different grew. Yeah, just, just blew yeah. up. Right. So when you're a manufacturer and you're pulling parts from these other brands and you, you're able to cancel it just balloons, right? It just snowballs into, yeah. you know, like overstock situations. Into a poop show. Oh, yeah. chain reaction. See what I did there? Into a poop show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, if you ever want to read more about bike industry stuff, uh, Bicycle Retailer, uh, in Bicycle Retailer and Industry News, known as Brain, mm. that's a website that you probably don't go to unless you're in the bike industry, but they cover all this sort of stuff and more. Um, if you want to just read through some of their headlines in the last six months and go, oh, 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 yeah, oh, yeah, oh, that's bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Doom and gloom headlines. Yeah, it's a bit doom and gloom. Revenue down in Q4. Yeah. <laughs> Every company ever. Yeah. In our industry, dramatically down. So, I don't know. If you have any more questions relating to this, feel free to hit us, the podcast at worldwidecyclery.com. I always like to talk about business stuff a little more than super nerdy bike stuff, at least this stage in my life, but that's why we got Liam here to... Handle the bike nerd this, stuff. This and we got Jared over here to, to talk about uh, cats. Cats. And meats. bikes. And, and meat. meats. And bikes. Meat Love and cats. Bikes. Speaking of cats, why don't you tell everybody the big news? <laughs> What's the big news? Uh, Jared had me over for dinner and uh, I met his cat. You met Bean. Mm-hmm. I, the, I thought the big cool news, cat. I was about to lose it. I thought Jeff was getting a cat. <laughs> <laughs> That's soon. No, I'm not going to get a cat anytime there. soon. Yeah. 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 I, don't know. I like cats. I'm not. I'm not a cat hater. I think cats are cool. I had cats growing up and dogs. And I liked them both. They're yeah, different personalities. Yeah, no need to comment, Liam. I just <laughs> no. I don't hate cats. I'm not a cat like hater or killer. I just prefer dogs. That's fine. Yeah, yeah even that's fine. I, you know, prefer dogs. Probably. You all. I still you want. You wanted to say it so bad. <laughs> you prefer dogs, probably. I mean, wow. I grew what up with Bean dogs. Heard and you say that. I and Bean would not appreciate that. Oh yeah. But uh, you know, 
Didn't I, you? Didn't wasn't the counter event for having dinner with Bean's parents? Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I just I love how is. like much a dog like you know just unconditionally loves you, right? Like, yeah, Bean is is in the mood or she's not. It's it's fully you know, conditional whether you're gonna give her love or food. <laughs> yeah. Bean is hundred percent conditional. Have you given me treats I, recently? I heard this thing of like, if you died in your home, <clears throat> within. Something like thirty six to seventy two hours, your cat will start eating your dead body, and dogs never will. Dogs will lay next to your dead body until sounds like it dies Daniel's, itself. Sounds like a Daniel's fun fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be. I could be, I could be so off. Fact. It's totally yeah, unverified. I just yeah. you know heard it, but yeah, it was I mean, depending on the dog, I don't know. What if it's like an absolute or the owner, savage of a dog, or the way or the, the owner, owner treated the dog? Or the owner, I like, never like that guy, anyways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> A lot of variables here. Pretty much the same. Dogs are super loyal. Yeah, dogs are great. All right. We need to rip through the top products, the most popular products of 2023. So, by the way, we have a YouTube video that we put out each year. That's usually our best video of the year. And it Mm -hmm. covers this. And it's about an hour long. Yeah. It's essentially a documentary. Yeah. But the way it is done is it's all categorized. So, you can look at any single possible category that you're interested in and pan through that to find that spot in the video if you want to know what's popular in that category. Mm -hmm. And in this podcast, we're going to quickly rip through the top categories, which is almost all of them, but not all of them. (laughs) I mean, I I was like, oh, we'll just just talk about the important ones, the key ones. And I started looking at them. I was like, well, we can't miss, we can't just skip dropper posts. We can't just skip breaks. We can just kind of... No. Can't skip so, pedals. Because then people will be like, well, what about the pedals? Can't ride a bike without pedals. Like everyone comments on yeah. the photo that we post. <laughs> you can't ride a bike without pedals. Yeah. Guess what? Bikes don't come with pedals. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to know more about the rest of these categories and watch a video where you see all the imagery of every single product and all that, then look at the main Worldwide Cycler YouTube video. But for now, we're going to rip through the top stuff, starting with drivetrain. Tires. Cockpit. Oh, I didn't know we were reading them off like this. Dropper post. Brakes. Suspension. Pedals. And that's it. His IQ is like, didn't catch on. We did it like that in the uh, the YouTube video. I don't know you guys are going to do it like this for the podcast. Of course, man. So uh, with that said, do we just start out uh, drivetrain? Just go ahead, right into drivetrain. Let's talk about some top stuff. Uh, We'll go from five to one because that's like way more suspenseful. Number five is the SRAM XOT Type Eagle Transmission Group Set with 170 mil cranks. Do I just keep going? Five to one? Yep. Number four, Mm -hmm. SRAM GX Eagle 12-speed group set uh, complete. Number three, SRAM GX Eagle Axis Drivetrain Upgrade Kit. Number two, SRAM NX slash GX Eagle group set with GX shifter, derailleur, chain, and NX cassette. And the number one group set is the SRAM GX T-Type Eagle transmission group set. 165 Ooh. millimeter cranks. Ooh, hot trend. Hot, hot, hot. Hot trend. So if you didn't know, SRAM pretty much dominates the drivetrain category. But there's also a bunch of other brands which... Uh, mix it up in yeah. the drivetrain category, but don't ever really take the crowns. That's right. Don't take the podium. So we did we did note some of the top selling stuff that's not SRAM. Yes. So and that is starting with number five, King Creek Ewing's crank preloader, which works for other cranks as well. Number four, race face turbine crank set. Number three, E13 Helix race cassette. Number two, five dev R spec race trail slash enduro crank set. In um Probably 165 millimeter length. And then number one is the Shimano XT chain for 12 speed drivetrains. There you have it. Wow. 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 There you have it. Wow. All right. Tires. 
Tires. Tires. Liam. Tires. All right. Also dominated. Tires. I love tires so much. This is Liam's category. <clears throat> uh, tires starting from 521. Maxxis Recon Tire, 29 by 2.4. EXO Plus casing, hmm. number four. Maxxis Forecaster Tire, 29 by 2.4. Uh, that was dual compound, EXO. Number three, Maxxis Asagai, 2.5. 3C Max Grip EXO Plus. Number two, Dice, Maxxis Dissector, 2.4, 3C EXO Plus. And number one, M- Maxxis Minion DHR2, 2.4, 3C Max Terra EXO Plus. Mm-hmm. All 29. All 29. All 29. Mm-hmm. Maxxis dominated. But again, uh, there's... Non-Maxxis <clears throat> tires. Non-Maxxis tires that were our top-selling non-Maxxis tires. Mm-hmm. Terravel Honcho in a 2.6 Tan Light and Supple. Number four, Vittoria Barzo. Barzo? Is yep. that correct? Barzo. Barzo. 2.35 in black and tan. Number three, Michelin Wild Enduro Racing Line Tire, 29 by 2.4, rear tire. Uh, number two, Continental Cryptotall Front Tire, 2.4. And number one, Schwalbe Nobby Nick, 2.4, Evo Line Super Ground Attic Speed Grip. Woo! I don't That's know whose is more confusing, Schwalbe's <laughs> naming convention or Maxis's. I think honestly, I think Schwalbe is. Yeah, to be honest, because I can't, I can't tell you which one is the casing, which one's the, you know, I don't, I, I just I'm yeah. lost. I um, get, I get there. It's I'm hard lost. to say. It's if, if Schwalbe was as popular and as common as Maxis, yeah, we we'd probably be so familiar with That's all true. the terms. That's we'd speak that language better. Again, you don't really know on Maxis what the casing is if you're just reading it. That's true. We just yeah, are yeah. educated, right? Yeah. But like double down implies like double downhill casing. That's pretty self-explanatory. Super ground? That doesn't yeah. say anything to you? <laughs> Super ground. Addicts, addicts speed grip? That doesn't speak to you speed in a grip? Which well, descriptive well, way? Well, addicts, addicts is like their 3C and then next to it is like speed grip or max grip or all kinds of different grips. I don't know. I've, I don't really run Shrawby tires. So. Yeah, I'm still lost. Well, there you go. It's a mouthful either way. Yep. yep. What's the next? What's the next category? What's next? Cockpit. Cockpit. All right, cockpit. I can. I can. Uh, which I don't think we even have stems in here, do we? But we'll no. just we'll just talk about handlebars and grips. And bars grips. and grips. Bars and grips. And bars, bars and, and grips. All um, would go from. Uh, so number five is the title MTB AH1 35 clamp 25 mil rise. Spank Spoon 40 mil rise bars with a 31.8 clamp. Some serious high rise boys right there. Gee. Number three, Trail One Crockett Alloy 35.35. Number two, Trail One Crockett Carbon 35.35. And number one was One Up mm. Carbon 35.35. High rise. People like high rise bars. Yeah. People yeah. love them. It's pretty hot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hot's pretty, pretty hot. Good. We've talked a lot about handlebars, and so hopefully nobody asks again. To have me explain the difference and the nuances between the Trail 1 bars and the 1-Up handle bars since I've answered that question on my own Instagram several times. And if they did ask, then you can direct them to the 1-Up video that you made where you now, tested. That was so old. That was before a lot of other handle bars oh. came out, including Trail 1. Well, I guess you got to redo it. You got to go back out to the trail and test five different handle bars back to back. Maybe yeah. even more. We should make it 10 this time. That was an extensive five wasn't enough. test. Five wasn't enough. I'm no. going to test 10 handle bars back to back. The other five are different than the other five. Yeah. You know, it was a surprising video. Handlebars do change the feel of your bike a lot more than I thought. Yeah. Which, you know, took a lot of that learnings into the design and the feel of the Trail 1 bar. Yeah. You know what would be cool would be like a stem 
length comparison. Like you start with a short one, you go to a long one, and you see how different the handling gets with every increment. You busy? You should bust that video out next week. Whoa. Just bust it out, dude. <laughs> yeah, I'll bust that out. Loom Grips. Dog. Number five, P&W Loam Grip XL. Oh. I think the Loam Grip was uh, one of the top selling grips last year, but not in the XL version because the XL mm. was kind of new, I think. I do believe you are correct. A lot of people realize a little, little thicker grip is nice. Yeah. Then ODI Rogue, then Ergon GE1 Evo Factory with the Frozen Stealth slash Oil Slick Lock-On. Whoa. Then the ODI Elite Pro. And then in the number one spot, Trail 1 Hell's Gate. Mm-mm. Yeah, boy. Whoa, whoa. That's what I'm talking about. I think those ODI Rogues have probably been a top-selling grip for 20 oh, yeah. years. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's an ancient design. It's probably like the first lock-on design, that and the Ruffian. But the yeah. Rogues still sell, man. Yeah. And the Rogue was also probably like OG fat grip. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. All right. We're going to yeah. rip through the rest yep. of these. What's the next category? In time. Dropper posts. Categories. Dropper posts. Dropper posts. Dropper posts themselves, right? Dropper posts. All right. I'll do dropper posts. Just uh, posts or posts? And just, the post. just, just, just the posts. Post. Just the posts. Number five, Bike Yoke Revive 2.0 in the 160 millimeter travel 31.6 clamp. Uh, number four, PNW Loam Dropper Posts 150 travel 31.6. Number three, RockShox Reverb Axis 31.6, 170. Number two, Fox Transfer Factory 31.6, 175 mil travel. And the number one post of 2023 the one up components v2 dropper post 316 210 travel 210. that's interesting that's what i have 210 wow. yep. that's too much travel i don't want that much travel talk about a category not dominated by one individual brand yeah yeah top five with five different brands yeah i mean same with uh, grips also, here, right? yep. all of those are 316 mil just yeah. to point that out yeah, yeah you know maybe true. we should make that like the standard size oh, for C that'd Liam. be crazy what a, what a nutty idea mm. you know you know you make it all the same. Like only, Trevor was working on a bike back there, and I was charge. like, why is it 34.9? 34.9 makes sense in the engineering sense and manufacturing sense, but no one wanted to jump no to it. So now it's just it. like four brands that do it and no one else. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like Super Boost. It's yeah. Like, oh, it kind of makes sense. And then no one adopted but, it, but, but four brands. The problem with Super Boost was your heels hit the rear end a lot. Yeah. yeah that's true. And that was an issue for yeah, a lot of people. You issue. got like bigger than size 10 shoe, you hit your rear end. Mm. You know, I already do. Yep. Regular boost. All right, we got two minutes. Last two categories. Two oh minutes. my god! Two Brakes, minutes. Last two categories. Sram Code Ultimate Stealth number four. Sram G Two RC number three. Magura MT Five number two. Dior XT from Shimano. That is, and number one TRP DHR Evo. Dude, wow! Those Dude. are some powerful brakes. Cool. Wow! All right, suspension. Do it, Jared. Suspension. Fast. Go. Oh my gosh! Hold on! Hold on! Hold on! Get. We're already getting pretty in-depth. People want more in-depth than this. they got to watch the YouTube video. All right, forks. Okay, number five, RockShox <laughs> Zeb Ultimate 170 Travel 29er. Number four, Fox 38 29er 180 Travel. Number three, Fox 36 160, no, excuse me, 150 Travel. Uh, number two, RockShox Recon Silver RL 29-inch 100 mil Travel. The number one fork, the Fox 34 Step Cast Factory 29, 120, 44 wow. Offset Shiny Black Fit 4. I wouldn't have wow. put that in the top spot, but that's cool. More popular than you thought. And rear yeah. shocks. Should I hit it? Go. Hit it. At number five, Fox Float X2 rear shock, 210 by 55 mil. Number four, Fox Float Factory, uh, 190 by 45. Number three, Rock Shock Super Deluxe Ultimate RC2T Coil, 230 by 65. 
Number two, Fox Float X Factory, 190 by 45. Ooh, Float X in a short travel. Mm -hmm. Number one, Rock Shark Superlux Ultimate RC2 Rear Shock, 210 by 55. Mm. One coil shock in all of that. All the rest there. Yep. Makes sense to me. Yeah. But then number two, short travel, but Float X mm -hmm. with a, a big air can. Yeah. Down country AF. That's what I had on my yeah, Ranger. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, pedals, clipless. Crank Brothers Mallet Enduro, then the Time Special 8, then Crank Brothers Mallet Trail, then the Expedo M Force 8 tie. Mm, mm. Cross country pedals still out there. And then Shimano XT clipless. It's nice to see time climbing those. And flat again. Yeah, right. Time mm -hmm. is making some nice stuff. You're riding time these days. I am. Yeah, they've really stepped really up like their game them. when it comes to the mountain bike side of things. Uh flat pedals, P and W. Whose alarm's going off? So my alarm? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Whoa. My bad. Dude, ruined the show. Don't worry. Started don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I was so close to finishing. All right. Hit the flat pedals. P&W Range Composite in all black. Crank Brothers Stamp 1. Deity Def Trap, also composite. Trail 1 Vortex Composite. And 1-Up Components. Mm. Composite. Yeah. All composite, all black. All composite, all black. Wow. Yep. Good stuff. Uh, for the forecasters out there, composite black pedals are hot. <laughs> <laughs> the forecasters. If you're uh, forecasting bike industry demand. And in listening to this podcast. Black composite pedals. Like, oh, I need to tune into the MTB podcast for my latest analytics. <laughs> <laughs> this would be the episode to do that with. <laughs> All right. And yeah. now a word from our sponsors. Yes. Paid sponsor. We sold out. And now a word from our sponsors. Hey guys, Jeff again. I wanted to quickly ask you all for a favor. If you've been listening to this podcast for a bit, you likely know that we own the apparel brand Kettle Mountain. We have been working extremely hard to create premium level mountain bike apparel with a very clean and minimal aesthetic while still keeping features and fabrics as technical and practical as absolute possible. And we make a ton of other stuff for general lifestyle and travel adventure wear. For example, on the mountain bike side, our Canyon bib with three perfectly positioned rear pockets and an amazing Italian chamois. It would mean the world to us if you could check out the website at kettlemountain.com. And when you get there, feel free to snag 20% off your entire order with the code MTBPOD, M-T-B-P-O-D. So just hop onto the Google machine and type in K-E-T-L. Thank you. And he says, Jared has a beautiful And face. listener questions. Listener questions. <laughs> Speaking of Liam, I keep hearing about how much Liam likes his Rebel Rail 2.9. I've do. been wanting to try one out to swap for my Trek Remedy 27.5. And I want to stick with the 27.5 wheels, but I never hear about the 27.5 version rail. I like to ride jumps and goof off and feel like this would be a better option, but hesitant because I only hear about the 29ers. Am I missing something or would this be a good option for me? I'm six feet tall, 200 pounds, ride in Wisconsin. You well, know, that's, a, that's a good point. I would, my personal take would be demo both if you can mm -hmm. 29 and 27.5 mm -hmm. that being said 29ers are quite playful especially rail 29 but that also being said i think the 27.5 rail is like the best 27 bike i've ever ridden yeah that bike's awesome yeah yeah super good yeah, yeah. we made a whole youtube video about it too mm -hmm. yeah. by the way so we talk about it yeah yeah i mean i haven't had a 
Rev Realty 9, but I did have a Yeti SB165, and that's one could say it's pretty close. Not really. <laughs> well, it's both long travel 27.5 bike. They both pedal pretty well, and they both descend like, you know, like an enduro bike. And they bike. have the playful 27.5-esque feel. They do. Yeah. So, like, yeah. in my experience with that bike, like, I didn't feel like it pedaled horribly. So, like, if that's your main concern, like, and you really want to have the 27.5 wheels for jumps and stuff and like to goof off, and that would be more fun. Like, you know, but I don't know. You could be like, you know, jumps like jump park, or you could go to like Whistler A line. Like Whistler A line is fine, twenty nine or it doesn't matter. Yeah. So like, depends how steep your jumps are. Depends on the jumps. Um, I did build a rail twenty seven five mullet. Oh yeah, with a twenty nine right. front, twenty seven five rear, and it was pretty fun. Um, just locally for the terrain, I just preferred a full two nine mm-hmm. for the trails. Um. But it was riding on like pretty steep stuff in Santa Cruz. I took it to Santa Cruz and I had so much fun on that bike. It was yeah. like a real blast on that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm not really sure what the riding is like in Wisconsin. I imagine there's not really as much elevation. So maybe you'd want a more efficient bike. I don't know. I've I mean, seen some got, pretty cool videos of Wisconsin. There's decent yeah. enough elevation and people do a lot of work out there with bridges and jumps oh, and really? rock rolls. And yeah, I've seen some I mean, pretty cool videos of it out there. Pretty lot of fun on a 400 foot hill. Yeah. Like a water tower. That's like 250 feet. That's true. And it's filled with jumps and berms and hits and slaps. That's true, man. Whoppa! <laughs> Whoppa! I mean, if I guess the, the last final point on this is if you want to ride that bike uh, and you're worried about it not climbing well, that's the last thing you need to be worried about with any Revel. Yeah. yeah. So, And of all 27.5 long travel bikes, that's the best climbing one I've ever ridden. Yeah. Which I talked I, about yeah. a lot in that review, which I don't think that many people cared about because they're like, bro, it's a long travel 27.5 bike. Why do you care if it climbs so good? I'm like, well, just, just to let you know, it climbs really good. Yeah. But I loved that bike. I think it's super fun. Yeah. And for a 27.5, that's what I'd do. There you it's go. It's unfortunate 27.5 is, you know, just not as popular yeah so so be yeah. it so less brands kind of sell them and make them and yeah. care about them as much and you don't see them covered as much in media anymore but yeah well you know still cool still awesome you probably remember there was a time where it would be weird to be riding a 29er like i was yeah, talking oh, yeah, to my absolutely. buddy the other day and he's been out of the bike world for a few years now and i'm like we're like trying to give away like 27.5 forks like people are not <laughs> buying he's like that is crazy like 29ers weren't even a thing when, like, last time yeah. he was riding a bike, you know, which was, yeah. like, what, you know, five, you know, six years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. But, you know, obviously, 29ers have come a long way. So, I don't know. Like Liam said, demo on both if you can. Yeah, that's a good idea. Because a new, modern, nice 29er, you might be surprised at how playful and fun it can be once you get used to it. Yeah. Yep. If and you've it, always been on 27.5, yeah. you'd be surprised. I just feel like your bike is very versatile, the real 29. It's super versatile. Extremely that's why I versatile. like it so much. Yeah. Whereas like 27.5, probably not quite as versatile. Not quite. Not quite. So there you go. Pretty decent, but not quite. Different strokes for different folks. So this next question, McCluskey is going to be our uh, guest answerer. Come on in, Matt. There he is. There he is. Go ahead and read it off, Jared. All right. Hey, guys. I've found myself in the weeds lately about stem length. Most of the content I see is on full suspension geared bikes that seem to lean towards shorter stems. I ride a spot rocker, single speed, hardtail, 29, belt driven. My current stem is 100 millimeters. Is there a reason it's so long? Is longer better for this type of setup? The bike climbs like a machine, and I don't want to mess with that, but I'd like to be able to pick up the front end a little easier. Thanks for the input. Thoroughly enjoying the podcast. For context, I live and ride in eastern Pennsylvania, so mostly flow and rocky tech with short, punchy climbs and descents. This guy pl- probably rides where you ride. He, he probably does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You live um, in eastern Pennsylvania. So. I do. <laughs> um, so... Really, 
my uh, my thoughts on that is that he probably has a little bit of older older style geometry bike, um, but more cross country um, rated, where those came with hundred millimeter stems, yeah. right? So looking at the newest spot, those are um, sixty millimeter stems right now. Um, so they have a longer reach on the on the frame. So he probably has a little bit um, older style geometry. Um, so he has a short reach on the on the frame. So uh, basically, it's just a cross. It's just a cross country bike, and that's just the way they run. Um, but if if he wants to get if he wants to go all the way to a forty, that's a pretty drastic change. Pretty aggressive. Um, pretty aggressive. Yeah. Uh, I personally did this exact same thing. So on uh, my old Niner, that was a cross-country bike uh, that had 100 millimeters down. I did the super short thing. It handled really, really fast, but um, it made the front end like almost too too twitchy. Yeah. So I would probably start somewhere like splitting the difference. Um, maybe try somewhere around the – the 60 millimeter stem it's a safer bet yeah yeah i don't, I don't know if i would jump from 100 to a 40 that's that's a huge jump yeah. Yeah. on that type of a bike as well um but props to riding you know single speed uh in eastern pa i mean <laughs> yeah. i used to do it and it, it, it's a lot of fun <laughs> depending on where you ride it so but uh yeah if you're in some of those rocks and stuff that we have out out east um Ooh, yeah. Yeah, it's rugged. Well, yeah. <laughs> there you have it. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Couldn't have put it any better myself. Yeah. And, you know, good news is you can probably get a smoking deal on a 60 mil stem right now. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> Hit up eBay, get a 60 mil to try it out. If it works perfect, then just get a fancier one. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. I was on a hunt for 55. Whoa. Yep. Hmm. Oh. Talk about getting in the weeds on stem. Yeah, work. I know. <laughs> Liam, did you ask us this question? I'm just kidding. You don't have a belt-driven spot rocker. Sounds like a pretty cool be, bike, though. It would be cool. That sounds like a cool bike. I wouldn't mind riding a belt-driven single speed. It's probably so quiet. Right? Yeah. It's probably I, unbelievably quiet. When I was racing, I remember those uh, those that just came out, and people were making a bunch of like single-speed XC race bikes with that bike. Really? Yeah, that and the, the Ibis Tranny, they called it. Wow. I'm not... Not doing anything weird. It just was what it's called. <laughs> that was the name of it. Yeah. <laughs> Since changed. Since changed. Yeah. They still make that? No. No. They don't, no, they don't. Yeah. Those bikes had a kind of a heyday when everyone thought they were so fun and cool, and then they kind of got less popular. Mm. But I remember that. Right sense. when you had your Niner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Next question. Saw a buddy mm-hmm. named his bike on Strava and tagged it on a ride. Is it weird to name your bikes? <laughs> Jeff names all of his bikes and then he like puts the names up on his wall and he like <laughs> has a goodbye, good night message from true. every night. <laughs> not true. But it did remind me, it's the way, you know, people make uh, Instagrams for their animals. Like yeah. you have an Instagram for Bean, yeah, for example, and true. a lot of people have Instagrams for their dogs. Yeah. Why not just have your bike have its own separate Instagram oh, page? Oh. I Tag think people do that. I've actually seen that. I've, just, I've seen people with exist. like Instagrams for like, like when the SB100 was coming out and people had like SB100, you know, Turk. Yeah. <laughs> that was the Instagram handle. Yeah. It was XX1 just 100. Just Turk. there by. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People do that for cars and stuff. And I actually know, know a lot of girls that name their bikes and are like really, really into it. Yeah. yeah. Not, not too much guys. Most, most of the guys I ride with though aren't like emotionally attached to their bikes. <laughs> They just thra- yeah. they just thrash yeah. them and you know sell them buy a new one like yeah. you know 
I don't think it's weird. I think it's kind of fun, if anything, to have a little, have a little name on your bike yeah. on Strava or whatever. Like, I don't know. It's like probably means that he takes really good care of the bike and loves it, and it's going to have it for a long time and really enjoy it, and it means yeah. something to him. So it's yeah. fine. It's, it's, yeah, but like I wouldn't like no refer to it as it, like its nickname, like in I'm, a conversation with a buddy, like yeah, I just got to go clean Sparky for a little bit, you know? <laughs> or like, no, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I got to go get Chrissy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, this is a pretty good one. Can Jared and Liam name each of Jeff's bikes? I think the old Green Ranger should be named Green Bean for being the cat. I think that's a great idea. Can we name each one of Liam's bikes? I'll start. Um, each one of my bikes. Yeah. Well, you got the Banshee Titan. Yep. And then we can go in descending order of travel from there. Are we current bikes? But are we naming current them? bikes? No. I think we're just like. We're all my past bikes? Oh. I think well, he, we could he wants name, us, oh, wants to I name think he them. wants us to come up for a oh, name. Oh, I like that. Bikes. Okay, well, what should we name Titan? Oh, my goodness. Mm. This is going to take a long time. Yeah. We can name one of them. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name it the Silver Fox. Oh, Silver Fox? that's good. Yeah. Joe would like that. Mm. Mm. Joe Fox. Joe Fox. Shout out Joe Fox. Shout out Joe Fox. Um, I think name, that... Name is Ranger. Your Ranger? His Ranger. Yeah, your Ranger? Bluey. My, it's not, it's not blue. blue. That's the old one. Oh, I was thinking your rover, man. Oh, whoa, (laughs) man. Your rover, your rover. You got so many bikes. Which rebel is it, man? (laughs) I'm calling your rover Bluey. Okay. Your new ranger, you can name it. I'm going to name the ranger Penny. Oh, because it's got the copper on it? Got a little copper on it. Oh, so cute. Nice. Great, great names. Thanks, guys. Yeah, appreciate it. Go update your Strava after this. Update your Strava. I don't think Jeff's on Strava. No, I don't use Strava. I'm just trying to get less social media in my life in general. You want to read that one, Liam? I guess so. Uh, I was wondering what lifts I could do in the gym to improve my mountain bike performance. I ride XC for Texas Nika, and I love the podcast. The chills I ride are quite technical, and I can sometimes struggle with endurance. Thanks. Am I also reading the questions after? No, just that one. Oh, those are separate. Those are different questions, yeah. Yeah, well, uh, Liam, you probably do more gym stuff to improve your mountain bike performance than me, because I don't do any. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that would qualify uh, that I do more. Yeah. yeah. I don't and, know if I'm qualified uh, for more than that, but, uh, well, we do work with detailed T. D. Tidwell. D. Tidwell. Kind of hard to say, actually. D. Tidwell. D. Tidwell. D. Tidwell. With train what's it called now train, train to, to ride. ride train to ride train to ride yeah um, he's like a famed mountain bike coach yeah. and golf coach it, he does it, a lot of that it stuff. used right. to be enduro mtb or mtb en- enduro uh, right enduro i don't know this is what mtb training change, something like that change yeah the name train i did yeah. i did his program um yeah. probably the like mtb strong program yeah, mtb strong, strong program i did it. that like three years ago now i guess maybe even four i think it was like covid um that's crazy. That's four years ago. Uh, Seriously. And it's really good. I will say it's a little bit, at least the mountain bike strong is a little bit more structured for like enduro riding. It's definitely a little bit more emphasis on weights than necessarily mountain bike. And if you're riding XC, I might flop the two and go a little bit more bike than weights. Um, I'm not a trainer. I don't know how to give full advice, but that was that's my experience. Um, but yeah, I mean, in normal stuff in the gym for you know performance uh i think core is really undervalued in a lot of mountain bikers mm-hmm. yeah. um they think upper body strength for handling and leg strength for power but core like 
you can't do anything without core. Yeah. Um, you're hunched over pretty much. You're the hunched whole time. over the whole time. Yeah. Your hip flexors and your, you know, your abs and your lower back are always having to be engaged to either go downhill to support your upper body or to support your lower body. So, um, I just think some well-rounded, like, Calisthenics would be a great place to start. Pull ups, push ups, air squats, planks, sit ups, boat pose. Yep. Stuff like that. Um, great place to start. And then you can build from there. And also, I think a foam roller mm. uh, is also a great spot to start because sure. it'll also help, you know, strengthen your core and loosen stuff up so you can actually engage your muscles. Yep. Nice. I agree. Yeah. D Tidwell is. Pretty amazing. He's super well known. I think we got in touch with him yeah years ago because at one point he was the main coach of all the Yeti Enduro mm-hmm. professional athlete mountain bikers. So um yeah, he got a lot of notoriety from doing that and he's got his multiple mountain bike training programs. And we even partnered with him at some point years ago to basically offer a exclusive discount to worldwide cyclery fans. So Jared, put that link in the description. Mm-hmm. But yeah, check that out. He's he's got a, a number of programs that you can buy that are super affordable and have an immense amount of really good content that is mountain bike specific from a professional trainer. And yeah, I, I think it's certainly worth it. If, if you care about this stuff and you want to improve your fitness and your health and especially on bike, that's the way to go from someone who knows what they're doing and does the sport themselves and has trained other professional mountain bike athletes. For sure. The other cool yeah. thing that he incorporated into that was the nutritional information mm. and oh, like yeah. all the best stuff to keep you fueled up and just, yeah, yeah. not have you feeling bogged down. Like, that was just a whole nother element to it that was super impressive that he included in that. Yep. Yeah. Great. Sweet. Well, there you go. Uh, this next question kind of ties into that. Are MTB coaches and personal trainers worth it? And how do you find a good one for a good price? Well, I guess that's kind of like a, that's kind of different. I guess like a mountain bike coach, right? Like, yeah. a, like for skills and stuff. Um, mm. Gosh, I've never really, never really dabbled with a mountain bike coach, honestly. I haven't either. I've seen it at some bike parks. I mean, I know in Whistler, they have those coaches that work there. I can't, it just really depends on your skill level. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like I know a goals. couple people that like coach locally in like Southern California. But I don't know how to find one per se. I don't mm-hmm. know if there's like a. Yeah. You know, they're not, they're not very good at the database. search engine optimization yeah. strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, but personal trainer, D Tidwell, be a good program. Yeah. D Tidwell would be amazing for that. If you're looking for just strength stuff, if you're looking for like an actual hands-on local mountain bike skills coach. Ooh, that's a tough one. Yeah. That um, just varies so much. Do by some location. Googling. A lot of it, I think maybe just asking around, right. It's probably the, yeah. probably the best way you're going to do it is get a reference from someone who also used to that coach. Yeah. That is, you know, can speak highly of them because yeah. of course there's some mountain bike skills coaches out there that I have seen with not very many skills. <laughs> seem, a little, <laughs> seem a little underqualified. Yeah. Not naming any names here, but yeah. uh, I think we've seen that. Yeah. I, so uh, make, totally. sure they, make sure they can ride a bike in a very admirable, inspirational way before you pay them to teach you how to ride like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's some good advice. <laughs> part of it is also being able to teach because, like, you can be really good at riding a bike, but yeah, the true. worst teacher ever, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Yep. Next question. We'll just go to this one right here. Since yeah. we covered all the rest of that. Yep. Perfect. What fraction of listener questions do you answer on air and what makes for a good question that you're likely to choose? Wow. That one. That's a great question. Actually, we chose that one, so I don't even know that messes with all the analytics. Um, <laughs> well, honestly, we do answer most of the listener questions that we get in from email 
honestly, maybe 80 plus percent. Email's your best chance rather yeah. than various Instagram places of or, comments and stuff. Yeah. I'd yeah. also say if it's within our realm of knowledge. Right. Yeah. Because if we don't know the answer, we're not just going to spew something out there that's wrong or like, I don't know about that right. kind of thing, you know? Or like, for instance, if somebody asks, like, what's your opinion on the 2019 Norco Shore? It's like, well, I'm not really yeah, sure. We have not ridden that bike. We haven't ridden that bike. Yeah, if so you ask us about really a bike that, that we sell, for sure we could give you. Or have ridden. Or have, have ridden. Yeah, we could definitely give you some to, insight yeah. on that. But yeah, sometimes we get questions about bikes that we, you know, don't sell, haven't ridden. And unfortunately, we can't really, we can't really talk about those because yeah, that gonna would be go a disservice. Buy a used 2017 coming right. out to ride to tell yep. you how it works. Yeah. Yeah. But also, if your question is funny, we'll likely we do that. love. Which actually, we haven't really yeah. had a funny one this whole. Time. Yeah, yeah. Because people have been real serious. I guess naming lately. your bike was kind of funny. That was kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, funny. Well, I will say too that a lot of the ones we choose intentionally are ones that we know the answers will bring value to the various mountain bike listeners that we yeah. have because kind of the, the core elements of this podcast is be educational and helpful and valuable to mountain bikers to teach them more about mountain biking and mountain bikes and mountain bike parts and all that sort of stuff. So. If it's that kind of question, then yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right on. So. We we did skip this one above here because it's kind of related, but mm-hmm. I also think it's different enough and it's kind of Hit it, man. a yeah. good one. Send it. Will you progress skill or fitness faster if you sacrifice a few hours of sleep per night for more training time or is rest that important? Mm. I think rest is important. I think sacrificing hours is... That's not going to yeah. benefit Hours you. of your sleep to train more? Like, yeah. Who has a life like this? Goggins. <laughs> you have that choice? <laughs> Goggins. You have the choice yeah. to just sacrifice uh, hours to ride bikes more? I don't I wish. I, I, I think guess s- we all kind of do a little bit, but. Yeah, yeah. but I think sleep is super important. Yeah. Like getting a solid at least seven hours of sleep mm-hmm. is like pretty necessary to just have any sort of cognitive function the next day, right? Like For sure. Whether you're and training physical. or working or, you know. Yeah. Um, but I do think. Like sacrificing 10 minutes for like a stretching routine mm-hmm. is totally worth it. Yeah. I think hours is not, I think a little 10 minute, like 10 minutes not going to make your next day better, but it might loosen up your body just enough to make you train better the next day. I don't, yeah, I agree with that. I don't think you should sacrifice sleep at all. I think it's an incredibly important thing. I think what, and like advice on this kind of question, maybe you should sacrifice certain random fun rides with your buddies for skills days mm-hmm. where you just kind of be like, you know what? I'm going to ride by myself and I'm going to hit this corner a hundred times. Yeah. I'm going to ride by myself and I'm going to just focus on this one section of trail until I really nail my shift points, activates a race course, like think the way that a professional athlete does and just focus on a thing and perfect your skills and work and do it by yourself, which is kind of boring and monotonous and not quote unquote fun mountain biking, but it's very productive to do that. Yeah, yeah. it's true. So. Or if you're XC racing, do intervals instead of skills, right? Yeah. Because you can't... Yeah, focus on your weaknesses yeah, too. You can't uh, do intervals on a group ride. Right. It doesn't work. Like Impossible. You know, yeah. Yeah. So Unless I'm riding with Liam, then it's like trying to catch up and then catch my breath again. <laughs> <laughs> Basically intervals. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, 100%. You know, like you said, if you're riding by yourself, I think just in general, you can focus a lot more just in general on your on your form and like you're riding sometimes you get so caught up in like either you know staying with the group or like not you know falling back or like just other things right that you're kind of not really thinking as much about yourself 
Yeah. And if you go out with the intention of today, I'm just going to spend an hour or two hours just working on my form. Yeah. And working on corners or working on tech climbs. And you just think about that. Like that's For a huge sure. way to improve quickly. Yeah. Section a trail that you're, that you know you're weak on, go back to it and, yep. you know, session it. Like that's definitely a huge and also a confidence booster for sure. Yeah, it really is. Um, all right. Last question we got here. I recently got a new bike and I have been feeling like the fork RockShox Recon Gold RL is bottoming out when I pump them into jumps and such, but only then never over roots or rocks. I think some volume spaces might fix this, but I do not have a shock pump as this is my first air fork. So I want to get it right the first time and not have to go back and forth to the bike shop more than one or two times. Also wondering if the MRP ramp control cartridge would work on this fork, but that's a bit more expensive than a volume spacer or two. Um, well, first thing, 100%, get yourself shock pump. You're not going to regret it. And it's not like it's going to go bad or obsolete. Like you'll be able to just keep that shock pump and use it for your bikes. Yeah, forever. You got to have a shock pump. Buy one. I think keep it, yeah. number one, shock pump. Number like, one, get the shock pump. Number and then two, go out and mess with it. Yeah, no, yeah, go out and mess with it. Uh, it's very likely that you could just not have enough air in the fork. Um, and then once you get to like the perfect air pressure, then you can check out your other settings. Maybe you add a volume spacer or two. I'm not a hundred percent sure if a recon gold RL does take volume spacers. I think it does, Mm -hmm. but not a hundred percent. Yeah. Same, but likely so. And also sometimes just bigger compressions like that. Like you, you can bottom out your fork, right? Yeah. It is. It is okay to bottom out once or twice on a ride. Yeah. Like that's good. Especially rear shock fork. Not as much, but like, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Got to get the shock pump. You got to get a shock pump. Even one of the cheap analog ones, like you don't really need anything more than that. Also, just, you know, be realistic when it comes to the performance you're expecting and demanding out of your fork, depending on that fork's price point. Mm-hmm. So if it's a $500 fork, yes, that is, you know, a nice fork. However, it's not going to perform and have the same amount of adjustments and bells and whistles as a $1,200 top of the line flagship rock shocker Fox fork is going to. So yeah, yeah. recon gold, gold RL, good fork, but certainly not going to have the same performance as the flagship rock shock stuff. Yeah. Just keep that in mind too. Yeah. I would not worry about the MRP ramp controlled cartridge until, you know, later on in the future. Yeah. When you got a nicer fork uh, or bike in general, um, you know. And, and you've also messed with volume spacers. Exactly. Sometimes just adding one volume spacer is all you need. Yeah. Yeah. You and don't need to, yeah, you don't need to like, continue to add and remove, which is what the MRP RAM control is great for. Right. But On usually a lot of people can get set up pretty well with just a volume spacer. So, yeah. and, a, and a shock pump to test out your setup. Definitely. And if you really want to take it far, cork shock whiz. Yeah. That is a product yeah. as expensive as that fork, but <laughs> it is a uh, sort of, what would you call that? A remote suspension tuning device that Bluetooths to your phone to give yeah. you all your suspension feedback and, data. and Yeah. So, it yeah. Mon- monitors your, your fork with air pressure um, and kind of delivers some of that information to an app. It's not quite like an yeah. analytic collector, like the full downhill ones, but it also... Gives you a lot of info and will help you with setup quite a bit. It yeah. tells yeah. you how often you bottom out and stuff like yep. that. So yeah, it points you in the right direction. Yeah, yep. I think that's a really Definitely. good. I mean, that's that's basically the telemetry system of the weekend warrior. True, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Which just only works on air suspension too, which is another yeah. thing about it. But yeah, yeah, that's a rad product. We made a video about that a while ago, and a lot of people have bought that and used it and loved it. And 
another pro tip on that is go in with your buddies because it's you know if you if you all go in on four go go in fours everyone does a quarter and you have this awesome suspension tuning device and you all share it one month at a time it's pretty cool to do that so totally yeah that's a cool product to look into if you really want to tune your suspension you guys want to get one yeah <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure we have one <laughs> nice well, well that's we- it should we gloss over the uh, notes from episodes past real quick? Go for it. Okay. So in the last episode, we, I believe that was the last episode, the trees, ver- trees versus trees versus stars. Yeah. <laughs> trees versus stars estimate. Uh, this person wrote in and said, yes, that is true. But the misleading thing in this fact is that the volume of those trees and the quality of the forest they exist in these days. Think of it like this. In 1776, there, let's say $1 million was minted in gold coins. In 2023, that million dollars remains valuable okay i kind of got in the weeds there anyways long story short the volume of the trees today the quality and the size of the forest habitat and the value of those trees is approximately 10 to 20 percent of what it was when europeans first showed up a billion more teeny trees doesn't make up for the loss of old growth giants mm-hmm. it's a valid point so but teeny trees are more fun to look at have you guys ever seen a bonsai tree <laughs> Dude, I could totally see you I having a bonsai tree and garden I had one. I had one. and taking care of it and getting like those, Burned down. those glasses. Oh, in the house? Yeah. yeah. Oh. I could totally yeah. see you having like oh, a dude, full hobby I thought they were so cool. Yeah. There's but a like guy who sells day. them on, on Canaan Road on the way to the yeah, beach. Yeah, I know. I, I got to buy one of those next time guy. I see him. Yeah. Yeah, if you ever wow. see them out there, send me a text. I'll drive out there just to get I mean, one. Maybe of those I'll just things. pick one up for you. Yeah. Our, our Dude, they're expensive. Our That's why I haven't rebought one. They're like two hundred dollars. Whoa! Yeah, wow. nice one. They. Oh, I heard they're they really take expensive. forever to grow and they're hard to take care of. Is that yeah. true? There's there's sense. a whole thing about how they yeah. have to trim the roots and I don't know. It's a, wow. It's a I'm more thing. of a succulent kind of guy. Yeah. Water yeah, like yeah, once yeah, every yeah. thirty days. My bonsai tree pretty much stays alive. My bonsai tree basically petrified because I never watered it. But it didn't fall apart. It just kind of froze there and changed color and. Uh, it's, still cool. it's like the ancient bristlecone oh, yeah. up yeah. in uh, the White Mountains. That's right. That's right. They're just like petrified old. It's technically, they're still alive trees, but yeah, they look dead. Speaking of petrified, you guys ever been to the petrified forest in Arizona? No. Where is that? That's a great question. So you haven't been there either? No. I okay. was wondering if you guys have been there. So actually, no, I don't think I have. No. Looks cool. All the, all the trees look like marble or something. Mm. It's really cool. I've been. To the, I've ridden my bike to the ancient bristlecone pine forest. Nice. Yeah, I want to go there too. If you liked this episode, please leave <laughs> us a review. <laughs> Jeff's out. We would. We would genuinely appreciate it. Um, and Jared will give you a fifteen dollar gift certificate to the Worldwide Cyclery website. That's a good deal. Did that get all bumped you, up? All you got to do. 15? It's always been fifteen. Fifteen oh. bucks. All you got to do is hit Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Drop a review. And screenshot it, email it over to podcast at worldwidecyclery.com. That's right. 15 bucks is yours. That's that's more than 50% off a pair of grips, which is a pretty smoking deal. Wow. Is so that we deal really good for appreciate me too? the reviews. Can I do that? Technically, you could do that, Liam, because I don't think you've submitted one yet. Yeah. yeah. Do it. Go ahead. It's fine. Yeah. We need wow. Apparently, I can do it too. Reviews. And then I could, Thank uh, you. We are already the highest rated mountain bike podcast, at least the best mountain bike podcast on in the world, uh, in the galaxy. No, we lost. We're, we have less reviews now. We have a higher rating, but less reviews. So we are the best reviewed. I guess yeah, the highest by rated one. by point one. But I mean. not the most reviewed. <laughs> highest rated. Please leave us a review in the universe. Thank you very much. Galaxy. See you later. Love you. Thank you. Bye.